Well, welcome everybody. Pastor Tim Carscott here, Christmas in the Shreveport. In our daily podcast this week, we're bringing a prophetic warning on avoiding a religious spirit. And today we want to bring the warning about we cannot back up in this hour. For many lives are waiting for the true revelation of who Jesus is. And a religious spirit will not be that answer. We must press into him. All right, let's listen in. To open my eyes to see that you're shaping my give our life because we are so thankful for what he's done for his truth. Our faith is in him. Well, welcome. Uh, you've come to our daily podcast. Here it is Tuesday, the seventh day of February, 2023 from Louisiana, United States of America. So that's a little state there in the bottom of the country, right about in the center of the country, almost right on the Gulf of Mexico for you guys in the nations. If you don't know where we are, look us up on a map or up there, Texas, Louisiana, Arkansas, Oklahoma, up there in the corner. And uh, we're just one voice uh, of the body of Christ in the earth. And uh, the Lord's given us a prophetic warning through Chuck Pierce's word and our own. We've had the similar warning, but he really just capsulized it and gave us a warning several weeks ago about avoiding the spirit of religion, a religious spirit, and then also removing religion from our own life. Look, religion is works, it's earning, it's performance, it's comparing ourselves to somebody else. I think that we have to have that warning uh, in our lives. Uh, Rick Joyner defines a religious spirit as a demon that seeks to substitute religious activity for the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We, can, we don't want to make the mistake that Paul warns about in 2 Timothy 3.5 when he says we hold to a form of godliness although they have denied its power, avoid such men as these. And so we don't want to be one of those that people have to avoid because we're not walking in the power of the Holy Spirit because we have a form of godliness and we deny that power. Look, a religious spirit will tell you there's not enough power to set somebody free. Or it says if you meet these standards, then you can be free. Look, the only way to be free is to be in Christ, to abide in Christ. And in him is our liberty. In Galatians 5.1, it says, It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keeping, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to the yoke of slavery. There is the commandments of God, which are freedom, if you ask me. But the yoke of slavery is ceremonial law that we have to meet these standards and do these things perfectly in order to be righteous before God. Like, I don't care. There's nobody that can keep 613 commandments. Nobody. Only Christ alone. And, and he kept it, and it was, he surmised it, as we said yesterday in, in Mark chapter 12, by loving the Lord our God with all our mind, all, all our mind, all our life, all our strength, everything within us, and to love our neighbors ourselves. 
And in that, we fulfill the law, but that's going to take even his help to do that. How do you love somebody who's, hate, who's mean? How do you love somebody who hates you? You can't do it in yourself. Oh, if you think you can, you're some super spiritual person that I'm not or we're not. And we must recognize a religious spirit is one that draws us to the tree of knowledge, good and evil. In other words, we defined what's right and wrong by our own standards, humanism. And then we even take the laws of God. We come in the form of discernment and we say, well, you're not meeting that standard. So therefore you shouldn't have a right. None of us have a right. None is worth it. None of our righteousness is enough to purify us. It says our righteousness is as filthy rags. Think of Isaiah when he comes in the presence of God. He says, I'm a man of unclean lips, and I come from a people of unclean lips. And you look at all the people in the earth at that time, right? He was probably one of the most righteous ones there was. So if he has to say that, who are we to say anything different, right? So when I touch this religious spirit issue, I, I realize there are many paths we can go down. But it is 11 that you are being warned about here. Paul was warning the people. Don't be around the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees who say what right and wrong is because they're eating from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. The scripture is what our truth is. We understand that. But we must understand that we cannot keep the word of God without the word of God living in us and being an entity of, of our life and what we're walking in. And so yesterday we started a little bit about how to avoid it. And now I want to talk about not backing up as it warns there in Galatians. It was for freedom that set us free. You know, when you read uh, Hebrews, the sixth chapter, and this is a big theological debate when I was going, growing up, but the, this message to the Hebrews was a message to the Jewish people, Hebrews to the Jewish people. And he, in the sixth chapter, he talks about how we leave the elementary teaching about Christ and let us press on to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance, dead works, and of faith toward God, of instruction about washings and laying on the hands and resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. Because see, you can get hung up in that as well, a performance. But he says, and this we will do if God permits. For in the case of those who have once been enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift, and have been made partakers of the Holy Spirit, and they've tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come, then have fallen away, it is impossible to renew them again to repentance since they again crucify themselves to the Son of God and put him to open shame. So what was going on at that time was they were going back to the sacrifice of the temple. They had tasted the goodness of God. They had tasted the light of Jesus and then wanted to go back and do the old stuff again. In other words, works and trying to earn it. And that's a real warning. I mean, he says it's impossible to renew them again to re repentance, a renewal of their life. And I don't want to go down that road. I don't want to go to a place where I have tasted the grace of God and the liberty of Christ only to go back and try to earn my salvation. That's what the ceremonial law does. The Hebrew writer goes on in the 10th chapter. He said, verse 37, for yet in a little while, 
he is he he is coming who is coming will come and will not delay but my righteous one shall live by faith and if he shrinks back my soul has no pleasure in him so the lord's pleasure is removed when we shrink back and go back to trying to earn through performance what he did for us on the cross I know this sounds so foundational, but the fact is that's what opens you to a religious spirit. As you feel bad about yourself, you feel bad about what you're doing, your failures, you're, 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 you're focused on your failures, and you think, I just got to work harder. I got to try harder. And, and there are things you need to do and change in your life, absolutely. But you need his strength and his help to do it with you and for you. And I love what the last verse says, though. He says, but we are not of those who shrink back to destruction but of those who have faith to the preserving of the soul. So I'm going to preserve my soul by walking by faith, not by works. I'm talking about works to salvation, trying to earn my acceptance in Christ. We do good works, but we don't do it with the motive of becoming righteous because of my actions. And this is a key to avoiding the spirit of religion. And we are in that hour. So Paul. And the other apostles wrote large portions of the New Testament to combat this deception. And if we turn back to the law, you would actually sever them from Christ. That's what that says there. And and goes on to say in Galatians 5, 4, it says, you have been severed from Christ. You who are seeking to be justified by law, you have fallen from grace. It's noteworthy to say that the same heresy is arising again among many. I see this in Messianic groups. And some of you guys in the Messianic movement, you've had to fight this. That they want to throw back on us again and throw back on you the law in order to be made right, made right before the Lord. And that phrase often used by the apostles in the first century was that there were false apostles, angels of light. Satan, listen to me. Satan's most deceptive and deadly disguise is come as a servant of righteousness, using truths for the purpose of destruction. The devil's quite skilled at quoting scripture and using wisdom, but it's the wisdom from the tree of knowledge and wisdom like that kills. It destroys and it brings a spirit of death. And we must avoid that. But now one of the ways we... We can avoid it is to don't shrink back. It doesn't matter if we fail in the sense of, of, of falling and, and when we're trying to do right. We get back up. There's a great minister. He's gone on to be with the Lord named Jack Taylor. And he'd been in the ministry 50 years, he said. Somebody asked him the question, you know, what was the key to your 50 years of success in ministry? And his answer was, he said, he didn't really have an answer, he said. But he said, well, I just got up every time I fail. <laughs> and as simple as that sounds, it's a, that's a profound truth. The righteous fall, right? Seven times, but we get back up. Perfection. We get back up until we become perfect in Christ. So if you ask me, and if I ask you, you should say the same thing. What's the success to your walk in the Lord? You said you just get back up when you fall. That's what the grace of God does for us. Paul was a champion of grace. And if anybody could have been a champion of the law, it was him. And the latter form of this heresy most especially undermines the New Testament letters, persuading different people and groups that they are descendants of these lost tribes of Israel. We see this now. 
And that urges people to base their identity on the flesh instead of the spirit and being born again in Christ. I had a dream once where they were persecuting Jewish people in my dream, and they came to persecute me and arrest me. And they said, you're one of those Hebrews. And I'm like, nope, I'm not. You know, I'm not a Jew. That's what I'm thinking in my mind in the dream. They said, oh, yes, you are. You're one of those Hebrews. <laughs> and I thought, what? what's that about? And that is about the word Hebrew comes from the descendants of Abraham, Eber. And that was before the law. That was before there was a Jewish people. So in a sense, him being the father of nations, I was grafted in. And so I recognized that, yeah, I am numbered among them. And my identity is in Christ, through Christ Jesus. I'm joint heirs with Abraham in the promise, right? You are too. And we have got to understand that our identity is in our spirit. Which one is a Jew? Paul says is one who's had a a circumcision of the heart. So it sounds ridiculous to those who are grounded in, in in the word of God, the new covenant. But Christians are not that well grounded. This, this heresy breaks a true relationship with Jesus through the cross. And if it's not dealt with, it certainly will destroy us. And we have a prophetic warning right now to deal with this spirit. It is destructive. It is moving. The plan of the enemy is to have a marriage between the state, the governments of this world, and the spirit of religion. There's nothing more deadly. I told my people Sunday this. In my studies of the early Roman church, when the religious spirit came upon them, they married the government. There was a marriage ceremony in a sense. And the government gave religious leaders authority. Started with Constantine and it moved forward from that time. The first thing they did was attack the the truths of the word about feast and, and honoring the Jewish people. And it began to disseminate from that place. And the more power they got, the more religious they became and the less grace that was offered. And they became the providers, the purveyors of truth. And if you weren't them, you couldn't receive grace unless you went through them. That's when you had priests who had charged you taxes for sin and things like that. On and on it goes. And the, the, I think the numbers are somewhere around 50 million that of their own, own numbers of the people that they killed who they considered heretics. And most of them, if not all of them almost, were true believers who exercised what the Word of God says in the liberty of grace, but because they didn't meet a standard that the, the government was giving the church, they were persecuted and prosecuted. We can't go there, guys. We are fighting for freedom It was for Christ that we have been set free. For the freedom of Christ set us free. Therefore, keeping standing firm, do not be subject again to the yoke of slavery. We are free. We're not backing up or pressing forward. We're we're the just and we shall live by faith. And we thank God for his mercy and his grace that gives us the ability to move forward in this hour. We We have taken the glory and we're going to keep growing in the glory from glory to glory. In the name of Yeshua, we pray today over everybody that's listening to this podcast and is trying to walk in this truth right now. Amen and amen. All right, come back tomorrow. We're going to keep building on this truth. Well, thanks for listening today and each and every day on these applications. Here at Christian Centers Report, we feel like our passion, our desire is to equip the saints 
to do the work of the ministry. And we're hoping that this ministry is helpful to you. If it is, thanks for blessing us. You can sow into us at ChristianCenterReport.com. There's a give button or on our app. Remind you, we're still going through February. If you want to go to our trip to Israel through uh, Europe and on, May 4th through 20th. Go to our sites and you can learn more about it. God bless you. See you tomorrow.